You're listening to the Yakima Chief Hops Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bigger Than Beer, a podcast dedicated to highlighting the larger impact of craft beer and the people within this industry. This season's topic is Women Plus in the Industry, and our goal with this platform is to shine a light on the outstanding women who are in various fields of the hop and beer industry, while also exploring solutions for positive change. My name is Tony Lynn Adams, and I am honored to be serving as the host of the Bigger Than Beer podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode three of Bigger Than Beer season one. And I'm absolutely stoked uh, for today's guest, a member of the Yakima Chief Hops team and an inspiring individual herself. Victoria Garza is the Latin America sales manager for Yakima Chief Hops, and she's here today to talk about community involvement in craft beer. Victoria, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Please introduce yourself and share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, including your educational and professional background. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, starting this off right with a glass of Sistiones Migrante Mango IPA that you can still kind of find around the Yakima Valley. So if you're in here, um, make sure to check it out. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, as Tony Lynn mentioned, my name is Victoria Garza. I've been with Yakima Chief Hops since May of 2013. Um, originally, I had started with Hop Union um, and then kind of evolved with the company once the merger happened with Yakima Chief. Um, prior to that, coming on board, I attended the University of Washington um, and had at one point aspired to be like in the news network slash educational field. And so I got to intern at some pretty cool places in Seattle. And, um, you know, prior to that, I'm originally from Pasco, Washington. So kind of, you know, somewhat of a native um, of this industry, but not necessarily tied in with hops, you know, even though we're about an hour and a half east, it's not something that's pretty common out there. So it's been really fun to kind of dig into those roots that Washington has to provide. Yeah, yeah definitely in this agriculture valley. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everyone has ties in some way. I always come back to that. If you're living in the Yakima Valley, you know, the Columbia Basin, kind of where the Pasco area is, either you have ties directly or you know someone who has ties to agriculture production. So it feels uh, there's this deep, like you said, deep-rooted connection to the, the farmland, the, the growers, and all who all those who work in that industry. Yeah, I think the agriculture community, that's one thing that I've learned is, you know, um, the generational impacts, um, the deep-rooted, you know, cultural side of it um, was something that I wasn't aware of and didn't think that I would, you know, come into this profession and being in the ag sector, um, I feel, you know, that I, I hope and I wish that I would have known sooner. I think I could have prepared me better, but, you know, I've kind of just been thrown into this journey, um, kind of spontaneously. So it's been nice to be, you know, riding that wave and, you know, really feeling like I'm a valued member, um, in this ag sector. So I think that's been, it's been really fun and really cool to be a part of. You mentioned the word journey. Kind of tell me about your journey at YCH specifically and kind of how you started and a little bit about where you're at now and what that looks like. Yeah, I, um, I started again with Hop Union at the time and I, what is now considered like the inside sales team. So our responsibilities are, you know, ensuring that the brewers are getting their product on time. And, you know, geographically, my focus was the Southeast and working with brewers out there. Again, I didn't know anything about (laughs) hops or beer. So it was a nice transition of just getting something from point A to point B. Um, And then really taking that time to invest more into like the company that I was working in to understand the, you know, the impact that we were having. Um, and this journey, it, it kind of evolved into what it is now. I've I've been in the sales department um, for a little over eight years. And then within the sales department, I kind of just evolved into just acquiring more accounts, um, you know, from moving specifically from commercial brewers in the Southeast, 
I moved directly into helping distributors in North America and also somewhat internationally in Europe. Uh, And so I was able to learn a lot about our systems, our ERP systems that are in the system that we have at YCH on a greater scale. And as time progressed, um, you know, we would have those random calls, you know, Spanish speakers and I was there, and so I was able to field those calls along with the responsibilities that I have. And as time progressed, um, you know, we saw a need of, you know, Spanish speakers to work in, like, the Latin America sector. And that transition of learning to work with commercial brewers, with distributor accounts, kind of brought to me to where I'm at right now, where I am the Latin America sales manager, and I'm directly working as, like, a hybrid working with commercial brewers and distributors, as well as, you know, managing a team. Um, I have an individual, he lives in Querétaro. It's a little bit outside of Mexico city. And then also a gal that works in the office. And so the, the three of us are really focused on Mexico, Mexico, central and South America. Yeah. It's really incredible. All that is falls under your responsibilities in that entire region. And that's a huge region that yeah. you're connected with and all of these, um, different brewers, different, uh, companies, customers that you're having this connection with. Can you tell me a little bit more specifically about the Latin American region and then the growth that we've seen internationally, both as a company, as the industry itself, it's really, uh, really inspiring to hear about. And I'm really excited to share with that. Yeah. With you know, I feel very honored and you know, privileged to be able to be in this sector because I got to experience craft beer in North America as it is now. You know, I wasn't here 15, 20 years ago when it was really picking up and kind of making a name for itself in the beverage industry, right? Craft beer. And so when you go to, you know, anywhere in the States, you can find these really mature Uh, breweries to go to that have really honed in on specific recipes um, specifically for their brewery and when you go down to Latin America it's like it's this whirlwind of brewers just barely entering the sector and like just starting off you know business plans to open up a brewery Uh, and they're just so enthusiastic and um, every opportunity that I get, I always want to take someone with me from YCH so that they can see um, kind of this whirlwind experience of how much people loved craft, how much people love craft beer there. Right. Um, with the fusion of food, with music, um, and all these different elements that are layered in Latin American culture, you know, craft beer fits in perfectly with that. And, um, I think for me, the ex- the exciting part about Latin America and craft beer is the ability of kind of like these new flavors that they're going to bring out into the market and kind of a new um, palate experience yeah. for beer drinkers. And, and they're just really awesome people. They really care about what they're doing and they care about, you know, learning more and being more educated, you know, on all sectors of beer, whether it be malt, yeast, um, and then obviously for hops, that's really fun, you know, because we really get to tie that into the Yakima Valley and make that connection to our customers in Latin America. But it's really great. And I think, you know, working with them really puts a perspective on my job and kind of the influence that we have as a company of, you know, really providing quality products for, for brewers that have really made a name for themselves or are growing right now. Right. There's just so much potential there. It's just exciting to see, you know, your involvement with that and also creating this connection. You know, we are a, a global company. And so it's so interesting to hear from like our European team and our Asian team, like how much different the culture is of the craft beer industry in each of those regions in Latin America. And it's so exciting to hear about like how it's growing and it's in this really exciting phase of, of, of growth and that you're part of that and leading that is fantastic. Yeah. Love to hear that. So uh, what are some things that make you super passionate about, at your, about your role at YCH? You know, I think the biggest thing that I'm passionate about is like the people that I work with, you know, my team. I see 
them and talk to them more sometimes than my own personal family and friends Mm -hmm. because, you know, life happens. And so I really enjoy, you know, especially with COVID and not having the opportunity to travel and spending a lot more time in the office is really getting to know them on, on this really personal level. And I think it makes it more enjoyable. And outside of my team, you know, having the opportunity to be connected to our growers and people that have been in the industry for 20 plus years has been something that I think that most people will never get to experience. And Mm -hmm. that's what really makes me excited. You know, I'm very obviously excited about the, you know, being in the sector of craft beer and international craft beer world is, is really fun. But at the root of it all, it starts, you know, here in the office and with the team. That's, right. you know, that's what kind of gets me pumped up. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me want to feel motivated because any more opportunities and any more doors we can open, that's just going to give them more opportunities to grow themselves as professionals. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just note for those listening who who have not had the opportunity to meet Victoria is that she brings great energy to the office. And I think any listener that's hearing Victoria talk can probably <laughs> sense that. And she absolutely does when you're in the office. She, she brings a lot of energy and enthusiasm that I think everyone on the team really appreciates. Um, so we appreciate her ha- having her in the office and all that she brings to the and team. And a little chatty sometimes. It <laughs> <laughs> makes it fun. so what has it been like working with brewers in the emerging latin american craft beer market um, on a personal level oh wonderful um a lot of them are actually my friends now that's awesome (laughs) i love to hear that um i keep obviously right now i keep up with them with like social media Mm -hmm. or talking to them via like whatsapp you know that's like a popular um app in latin america Mm -hmm. to use it's just really quick communication um but I think the development of the relationship and like the trust that we've both both built on both sides, Mm -hmm. I think is really important. And I think it's pretty rare to find, you know, people that you, you know, not only work with and, you know, are are coming into situations, you know, always thinking about, you know, the best situation for all of them, but also expanding that outside of our regular work jobs and Mm -hmm. just getting to know people as people. And I've been very fortunate to have, a lot of them become my friends and, um, you know, also understand their personal lives with their families, their spouses, their kids, their animals. And so I think that's like been the biggest surprise. And, you know, it's for me, it's like, I'm very lucky to just think about like, if I ever wanted to go somewhere in like Latin America or the Caribbean that I, I know someone there, I know someone there who can like really gear, like guide me to like the right right restaurants and, you know, places to go have like a good drink. And so, or just to hang out with, like, I, I can honestly say that I, I I have that opportunity because I, I I know a lot of people that have become my friends. Yeah. That's just, so interesting that it's not it's beyond that customer connection it's that you've built these strong relationships and friendships it's like an amazing foundation you mentioned the word trust and i'm really curious when you talk about building up that trust what was your approach to that with these this emerging market and those brewers i think it comes from a place of like not forcing anything mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. um that's just and my nature is not to like force you know Uh, professional relationships to happen, personal relationships to happen. I feel like when things happen organically, I think that's when you find the best common ground. And so I've been really intentional of going into situations and, you know, just, you know, offering what I can service-wise from YCH, but then also giving them the opportunity for them to get to know me as an individual, because, you know, there is so much more outside of me and them outside of our work and so, yeah, I just think I just go into it with like no expectations mm-hmm. um, and just really wanting to be there in the moment um, and kind of getting to enjoy it because at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know how certain situations will end up, you know, with, with customers. And so I kind of just go with the flow and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Is that positive, a positive outlook? I yeah. In uh, what ways have you been able to help these craft breweries navigate this industry and their and their business as we're seeing this growth? Um, as you said, there's there's breweries that are starting up, um, and so if they're reaching out to you, what is what does that kind of look like of of helping them navigate this new business model? 
Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing is creating options for them. Um, it's really hard for a new brewery, let's say in Peru um, or somewhere, you know, further down in South America to like order, you know, a five kilo box from us. It gets pretty pricey, right? The transportation mm -hmm. of, of sending it from Yakima to that location. And so what we've done is we've found partners, distributor partners in these areas that have our product that we trust as an extension of our team at YCH so that they have better accessibility <clears throat> without limiting the communication between YCH and them. Right. So the door is always open. And that's something that we're very vocal with, you know, with all of our partners across the board, whether it be commercial brewers or our distributors, is that, you know, if someone wants to talk to us directly, we want to talk to them. Um, and we just feel like it's just, it, there's just better transparency in that. And these options um, are really helpful. And if at any point these brewers are at a, at a particular time where they feel confident that they can order directly from YCH um, and it just makes more sense, then we'll transition into that. And it's very fluid and it's very open. And so I think by having those options and not limiting our relationship with these customers has really helped. And on top of that, you know, I've had a lot of um, assistance from Rodrigo that's in, based in Mexico and creating these educational seminars right. um, has been really impactful. And, you know, I think with us not living, we can't be at, you know, every place at once. And so that's that's been helpful too. And knowing that we are a resource and we are here to help no matter what size you are. And so it's been really nice to just keep that door open and, you know, make sure that everybody knows our stance on, you know, how we operate. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy you mentioned those educational opportunities. Have you felt that the community of the Latin American craft beer market is um, really looking for those educational resources and seeing, um, t like looking to learn more about like hot products, different techniques or anything like that? Yeah, of course. It's, it's incredibly important. You have a lot of that material, mm -hmm. you know, online, <clears throat> but you have it uh, available in English. So when you have it in English, you do have some people that can also speak English, but in their native tongue, it just makes more sense to have that at their fingertips. And, um, that's been a really big deal of just making them feel comfortable knowing that they have the ability to understand us, um, whether it be English or Spanish. And right. so that's been really helpful in creating this content that's not there. And, you know, uh, luckily you have this surge of like home brewers and a lot of commercial brewers that are also getting involved on that platform of creating these educational videos. Right. So it's nice that, you know, a lot of content is being built around that right i know that you and rodrigo were involved with a couple different like hop and brew school sessions um that were in spanish which makes it more accessible so we appreciate your work on that yeah. i think i think that's the right step of how do we make this more accessible to our our global customers and i think that's fantastic and you mentioned at the beginning we are sipping on the delicious mango ipa from bale breaker can you tell me a little bit more about this beer and the project behind it yes this project has <clears throat> kind of kind of grown into something that I think me and the other participants of this project were didn't ever imagine. So it originally started um, in a conversation in Mexico City. It was at a trade show called Cerveza Mexico. And I believe it was my first trade show, you know, in Mexico or in Latin America. Uh, in attendance, I was usually just going to um, craft breweries and visiting uh, those breweries in person. And so we just started talking and I happened to be like stationed in a booth area with um, these different breweries. So everything was like really mingled in like as if it were like a CBC. Right. And a lot of the people in attendance, you know, we're walking around and kind of going from different place to drink beer. And I had started noticing that a lot of the brewers were kind of just huddling in one place and kind of just hanging out. So I wanted to get to know them a little bit more. And so, um, I ended up meeting, um, the guys from Cerveceria de Colima, um, Alejo from Cerveza Loba. And we were just like chatting about the irony <clears throat> of hops and, Mexico in general, because currently, um, 
you know, with the way uh, farm labor is, mm -hmm. you have a lot of farm labor, farm labor coming from Mexico with the H2A program. Right. And so they're stationed here for a few months, you know, really focusing on like for now we're in the hop harvest. And then, you know, they're here for a few months and they go back to Mexico. And so the irony was like, <clears throat> okay, you have these individuals from Mexico that are going to the States to harvest hops. They come back to Mexico. These hops are harvested, they're processed, and then you have those same hops that these Mexican farm workers harvested shipping back to Mexico mm -hmm. to, you know, for these Mexican brewers to make beer. Right. And so it was just like this crazy, like, like concept to really take in and you know at the end of the day they were you know it's like you're really drinking 100 mexican beer because you have <laughs> all these farm workers coming yeah. from mexico and harvesting the hops and so um it was you know it kind of you know really got us thinking about you know the importance of farm workers mm -hmm. and and you know without them the craft industry the beer industry in general wouldn't exist because you need people to you know harvest these hops a lot of it's really manual still it's very manual harvest yeah and processing yep. it is and so um that kind of just like it was like a three-day conference and it kind of just led to like more talks and i think um you know and with the connection of you know me living in yakima and um you know, when my mom first came from Mexico as a mm -hmm. teenager, her first job was working in a hot farm. And so in a way was somewhat always connected, but never really knew about it until years right. later when, you know, my mom told me that. And so I kind of just like opened this door to this, like this friendship that began. Mm -hmm. And so that was in, um, November of 2016. And then from November 2016 to May of 2017, um, we had stayed in contact. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what's the best thing you can do after you meet really awesome people is you make a beer. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, we, were, we, we went on that journey of like, okay, let's make a beer. And then um, Alejo from Cervisa, Cerveza Loba was like, hey, I know this guy. He's from California. I think it'd be really great to have him on. His name is Charlie from Ronin Fermentation. And I was, I had never met Charlie. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, and then we had someone else who's like, oh, we have this other person. His name's Ryan Brooks. Like, I think he'd be really great. Um, and Ryan is from South Norte in San Diego and also in, in the Tijuana area. And I was like, okay, yeah, let, that's fine. And we were trying to round up, okay, who, or is this like the good group to go in? Like we knew, you know, myself from YCH would be re representing the project, you know, from the hop aspect of it. And we thought it'd be really awesome to invite a brewery from the Yakima Valley to really tie in this project. Kind of make it full circle. Yeah, kind yeah. of like a full circle moment. And, um, you know, quickly we thought about Bill Breaker. Mm -hmm. And so I really didn't know them at the time. And so I had another one of my coworkers reach out to them because I was too nervous to <laughs> ask if they'd want to participate. And so, but as soon as that email was sent out, they, rep they replied automatically saying that, yes, they would love to be part that's of fantastic. the project. Yeah. And they didn't even think twice about it. And that's kind of how the group started. And so our first real moment of us getting to all know each other um, was in uh, Guadalajara and Colima where we got to brew two beers with them. and So everyone went down yeah, to, to brew the beer together. We all went down That's there. Awesome. We all got to meet there. I think the first day we all met, like we had to peel mangoes for like the entire day. And it's a lot of mangoes, right? Yeah, it was it was a lot. I think all of us like we didn't want to smell mangoes, touch mangoes. There was like mangoes like in between like our fingernails, and it was just like it was we we went on a really big high of peeling all these mangoes to like couldn't even smell them anymore. But it was we were making a a, a mango IPA, right. um, and then we did like a coconut version in Cervecería de Colima, which was really awesome. So that kind of started it all, and then. Um, 
And what year was that again? In 2017. 2017. Okay. And then in that year, we we're like, okay, well, this can't end here. Yeah. <clears throat> like everyone's going to want to try the beer back home. Like this mango IPA, like we had been putting it all over social media. Yeah. And um, we were getting a lot of people that are from the Valley that are from Guadalajara, from Colima saying, oh, I'm from there. Like, are you guys going to do a beer over here? And so it kind of just rippled effect until like, okay, we're going to Yakima in August. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, I live here in Yakima, so I waited for the team, myself and um, the crew from Bell Breaker and everybody else, you know, the two breweries from California and the two breweries from Mexico came up and we did the first edition of the Mango IPA, which was so much fun. Um, and we, I remember that we released it on a Thursday during hop harvest. And so you had this like really great presence of like, craft breweries in town, you know, selecting hops with, you know, you know, multiple hop vendors. And then you had, you know, the Latino community from the Valley coming into Bell Breaker and purchasing the beer. And so you had this like really good example of the craft beer industry tied in with the Yakima Valley. Right. And this beer is, is, you know, dedicated to raising awareness and yeah. highlighting the work that um, is done through through migrant workers to make hop harvest possible. It's truly an incredible uh, awareness um, collaboration. I find it to be one of the most inspiring and unique ones because there's not enough, uh, I think, attention brought to the the valuable farm workers who make this all possible. Um, so I, I think it's fantastic collaboration that you all started and your involvement with it is, is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, like, you know, it, it, farm workers are incredibly important. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we're highlighting farm workers in the hop sector for, for beer. But outside of that in, in different ag sectors, you know, farm workers, you know, make up that really big importance. And from a supply chain perspective, you know, you, you can't get things done without them. Right. And Absolutely. so... um this beer definitely came from a place of celebration and awareness um, because it is really important for our con- for beer consumers, um, brewers especially, to understand the hard work that these farm workers are doing just for them to, you know, receive hops at their door to make a really good beer. And, um, you know, that ties in with the hop growers too, right? That's, that's a lot of work that goes in, you know, just you know, to enjoy a, you know, a glass of beer. Yeah. That's why you should never not drink a glass of beer. That's important for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't, drink don't let it. that word go to waste. <laughs> can, and can you tell me a little bit, uh, the, the mango IPA is, it also has a benefiting, um, nonprofit organization. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so again, this wasn't really part of our program to, you know, have a nonprofit associated with the beer release. But um, unbeknownst to us, when we had were making the beer in Guadalajara with Cerveza Loba, they were already, already actually thinking about how much funds they can take from, you know, the, um, the what they got from the Mango IPA to a local organization in their community that focused on farm workers mm-hmm. as well. And so... I really liked that it turned into it turned into that, and they really were thinking outside of the box. And so, we wanted to replicate it too here in Yakima. And so, um, with reviewing what organizations we had in the valley that offered services to migrant uh, to the migrant community, um, we linked up with La Casa Hogar, which is here based here in Yakima. And not really far from our office. No. And, you know, anyone can pass by there. And it's a beautiful place. Um, and we decided to go with them um, because of the impact that they were making in the Valley. And so um, c- kind of just a little bit about them and kind of what they represent is, you know, they're really filling in that void of things that we assume as basic necessities to these permanent residents, um, farm workers that it may not come so normal to them, you know, like English or, you know, going on a path to become a legal citizen, mm-hmm. childcare, uh, you know, you know, basic things that we take for granted here 
and, you know, they're able to fill in that void. Um, and we wanted to be a part of that because it was incredibly important for us to not only bring awareness and celebration to our migrant farm workers, but also create some sort of impact um, and helping somebody else out because they've been on that journey for, for many, many years. Right. Yeah. They do fantastic work. Yes. And I think a fantastic organization to select um, and, and just to celebrate, you know, there's the celebration component of the beer, but then also, as you mentioned, how can we make this uh, impactful beyond, as we say, bigger than beer? Like we really yeah. want to extend that impact. And so that's um, really cool to hear about and the involvement with it. And um, I think it's a, a great journey that this, you know, it started in 2017 and look how it's grown. I think it, I don't know if it is, but maybe it's now a, a permanently a bail breaker. It's seasonal beer. Seasonal beer. Okay. It's a seasonal, it's seasonal beer. beer. And yeah, it's, I think when we did the first edition here, mm-hmm. we didn't know how special it was going to be. Um, the second year was even more impactful when we released it at Bell Breaker because we kind of already had an idea of what we were doing and kind of more of more effort we wanted to push into it because again we just didn't know and we actually had you know a, like a really big focus on the release of the Mango IPA right. at Bell Breaker and it was during the day um, we didn't we didn't do it in September we pushed it out more in towards the spring summer. And when we did that, um, we, you know, we had some sort of like a party, a welcome party for this beer that was coming in for the season. And myself, you know, having lived in the Washington area my whole life um, and kind of getting into beer, you know, less than 10 years ago, I was really never used to seeing a lot of like Latino people at breweries. Right. Okay. And so when we had the party for the second edition of the mango ipa i had never seen so many latinos at a brewery and it was so cool because it's like oh my gosh like you know these are people that live in the community that also like craft beer but for one reason or another you know may not be coming as frequently to different you know breweries in, in in the valley and so i think that was such a meaningful moment for all of us that are part of this program because it really showed you the impact of creating something for everyone. Right. Right. And making people feel comfortable in going into different sectors that they may not be used to. And so created that welcome space. Yeah, it did. And it was, it was so great. And I think after that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to become a thing. Yeah. And it kind of did. So it is, you know, it is. It's a, now when yeah. it gets released, it's a huge hype. I know they were doing um, like drive through pickups. Uh, oh, that was fun. Yeah. It was like a line of cars. <laughs> People were so excited. I was excited. I, I hadn't had the opportunity to try it yet, but I'd heard of it yeah. you know, before I'd arrived in the Valley. Um, and I was, I was very excited to try it and it did not disappoint. It was fun. Yeah. And you know, every year we also made it a point to myself and, the brewers from California and then Bell Breaker, we would go down to Mexico every year mm-hmm. and the guys from Mexico would come, come up, up that same year. So we were always seeing each other at least two or three times a year. That's fantastic. And it was so much fun. And so um, soon, you know, and if all goes well in January, we'll be heading up to Northern California to brew our edition of a Sessiones de Migrante beer mm-hmm. um, with Ronin fermentation. Exciting. Yeah, that's we're exciting. so excited. That's, that's fantastic. How do, you, how do you feel, you know, the connection with La Casa Hogar, how do you feel this positively impacts our local community here and families? It's impactful on, you know, many different levels in terms of the services that they're able to provide from, you know, a donate from the donations of the beer that we're doing. Um, I didn't know about the organization when I moved here. Um, and that was just something maybe on my end that I wasn't really looking. Um, and I could have done a better job at that. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of people here do, right? It's just like sometimes it's so out of sight, out of mind that you don't see it. And by using, you know, this beer to highlight an organization like that, which is not pretty common, right? It's like, you don't really associate beer with, you know, farm labor. Mm-hmm. You've had 
craft brewers make beer in honor of hot growers. Mm -hmm. And so I think that really opened the door to like really seeing and utilizing what we have in the valley um and it's and there's many organizations in the valley that provide these types of services and so it's really great to have built that connection just so that you know especially on my end you know having a personal responsibility of making sure that you know not only is not only do you want to make a good beer but we also want to make an impact and utilizing what we already have built here. Right. I think about how many people, including myself, learned about this organization through this beer. And it really gets kind of your wheels turning about maybe as a brewery or a, a beer consumer, um, you know, a hop supplier that kind of what you can do with this platform, right? Say, yeah. say you have a beer and you're looking to do a collaboration that, and you want to support your community. It's so interesting to think about like how many people can I make aware of a great cause or a great organization through this beer that you know I want to make a positive impact. So many people can learn about the awesome yeah. things going on in your local community they might have no idea about. That's kind of where your best resources are in your community because you have people that are, have already built these programs, mm-hmm. you know, and um and you can provide that support and really highlight them. I think that's that's very, that should be, you know, a really big thing when you're thinking about collaborations. You know, I think about Pink Boots and I think about the Veterans Blend and and, and how they're using their community to like really wear, raise awareness to these particular hot blends. Um, I mean, if I were a brewer, that's definitely something I would look into as well as you know, on a national level, but also on my community level. How can I help my community and already highlight great organizations that are doing really good things? Yeah. I, I putting myself in a beer drinker shoes. It's not that hard when I do it all the time, but (laughs) (laughs) when I go and I'm looking and sometimes there's like a huge list of beers that are available at a tap room. And if there's one that has a good cause, I, I feel good. I walk away feeling like I'm like, yes, like this beer is making a difference somewhere mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and I think we all want to participate. We all want to do ways that we can help out. And I think this is one of those ways, like having a collaboration and having a beer, like donate to a cause or to an organization. It's a positive way to get involved in um, both with your brewery as a customer yeah. saying, I want to support their endeavors to support their local community. So I think everyone kind of is able to um, participate and feel really good about drinking beer. And that's fantastic. That's what we want people to do. Oh, it's yeah. fun. <laughs> and on the flip side, you're, you're mostly also going to be drinking like a one-off beer, right? This yeah. exper- experimental beer that mm-hmm. may not be available again. And so that's also one way to look at it too, is like, getting to see like these different styles of beers that these brewers get to make while tying in with a really cool organization. Yeah. Maybe something that you've never tried before. You know, like usually I stick with really hoppy, like IPAs, but then you're like, Hmm, mango. (laughs) And there's a lot of mangoes. There's like 20, 20 pounds of like pureed mango in each barrel or something like that. Um, why do you think, uh, kind of circling back to La Casa Hogar, um, specifically when we're thinking about like the Yakima Valley, um, why do you think that this is such an important organization for our community specifically. Like when I think about the demographics of our community, um, making sure that we are supporting our local community and um, kind of finding ways that it's it's specific to and tailored to the people around us that kind of need some uh, some, some support um, that don't um, have uh, like resources mm-hmm. as possible. Like you're talking about the some things that we take for granted um, that finding organizations that are advocating to helping the local community. Yeah. I mean, it's really important because, you know, the people that they're servicing are individuals who left their homes. Right. It's no one wants to leave their homes. Right. You know, their, their comfort, their families, you know, their just that comforting way of life and you know at the same time these people have to make really hard decisions so that their family and they themselves can live a better life so it's a really complex situation um and when you don't have these types of organizations to like really 
slowly bring them in, um, that's where you create a big disconnect. And um, what I've seen and, you know, experienced with, you know, my own family is that when people come here, I mean, this is their new home, right? right? This is their home now. And they have to learn how to navigate their new normal. Mm -hmm. And by having La Casa O God provide these resources, it's, it's an extension of of our community, like welcoming the doors, um, for people to feel comfortable to live here. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot of work to do, um, because mindsets have to change not only, um, with the people that are coming here, but also that the people that already live here. So having this kind of, you know, entrance and, um, organization to help out with those little things I can, I feel can ease a little bit more of that anxiety, um, of, you know, people moving to our Valley or that already live here, but just never had the opportunity to, you know, gain that self-confidence to like really assure themselves that this is their home. Yeah. That's a great point to make. Cause these are, these are our residents. These are our people within our community. Yeah. Like we need to make this a welcoming space. And when I think about Yakima, the valley itself is such an agriculture focused area. Um, we are very dependent on the economy of agriculture and the people within. Yeah. And so they are contributing in a huge way. And I think that's very important to recognize that the success of our community lies with lies within these individuals and their families and all that they contribute now and also in the future so we want to see them be successful grow their families um find find this to be a welcoming home for them and i think that's something to walk away with is what can i do as an individual within my own community to make this more welcoming yeah i always think about like if i had to leave my home because of the circumstances and i was put into a place where i didn't speak the language I didn't have any family. I don't know what I would do. Right. You know, it's just a, such a foreign concept yeah. to me to even put myself in those shoes. Um, and if I if I were ever in that position, I would hope that I would have the resources to really help me. You know, create a new home in wherever I land. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a very complex thing, um, but you know. I'm, I'm glad that we have organizations like La Casa O God to fill in some of that void that does exist. Yeah. And I just want to give a, a huge shout out to also all the breweries involved, all the groups involved for making this a uh, possibility. Uh, this is a, a deep foundational um movement of of trying to make an impact and it's a it's a deep cause and that's why i think it's so that's why i really wanted to highlight and have you on because it's i think a fantastic um effort work that's gone into it a great tradition that i hope continues into many years to come Uh, this better not go away (laughs) one is really good (laughs) and two it's a great cause that i think we can all um understand that it's a great way to celebrate farm workers migrant workers who make hop harvest um hop you know production all year round also possible make it possible as a brewer as a beer drinker that when we're consuming this we recognize all the way back of, of what's made it possible so I really appreciate kind of sharing that, getting that project started. Yeah, it's very inspiring. Thank you. I'm very honored to be a part of this project and um, it holds a special place in my heart, yeah. you know, both personal reasons, but on a professional side is too, from, you know, being in the hop industry and getting to have the ability to participate in things like this. And so, no, I'm, I'm very honored and I sometimes feel really lucky to be doing what I'm doing and being a part of these really cool things that are also impactful. Yeah. Any, any lessons that you've kind of learned on this project? You mentioned, you know, growth professionally through it. Is there anything, lessons that you've taken away from your involvement with this project that you feel would be beneficial to share with listeners who are thinking about ways to get involved with their community or to find um, a collaboration that makes a larger impact as well? Yeah, I think when, you know, I don't think every collaboration has to be, you know, tied into like a project, right? Because um, collaborations can just be fun to build right. relationship yeah. with other brewers. And so I understand that concept. You know, I 100% agree that some, you know, collaborations can just be collaborations for the sake of it. But when you are going into 
these moments of like wanting to do is something more meaningful is you know making sure that you're you're that you're working with the right partners mm-hmm. that also believe in in the same message that you want to give out really utilizing your community i think is really important um and making sure that with with what you're looking for your you're looking for things that may not have the it's not the brightest light being shined you know that a lot of people are talking about it sometimes you know those hidden gems are the are the things that need to be talked about most and so i would say just not focusing on the obvious but really finding those things that can really change someone's life and perception of beer of their art um and tying it in with something really meaningful those are all great points thanks victoria I really enjoyed hearing about the ways that you've been at the forefront of this connection with the Latin American craft beer industry and how you've been involved with Sessiones del Migrante. You've made a positive impact on the brewing community as well as the local community. I really do see you as a, a huge role model within our organization. Um, you're involved in so many different levels uh, of the organization. Um, you've helped with videos, education. Um, we talked about those educational resources you've been involved with. You're doing farm tours. You're like, you have so many different hats that you wear. <laughs> it's really impressive. And when I learned about your involvement with this project, I just, I was really blown away and inspired and um, excited to have you on the podcast and also to be like, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jenny I know Victoria. <laughs> so I just, I, I kind of want to transition a little bit. Yeah. Um, and are there any, um, you know, when I was thinking about like, oh, I, I think of Victoria as a role model within this organization, as a member of the craft beer community. Um, are there any women that you have considered to be a role model? I have women in my personal life and my professional life that I look up to. And I think what's been really great <clears throat> as a professional that I came into this, especially in the ag sector, is like the many different types of women that I've got to meet. And they're changing all the time. You know, like there's like, I, I think the beauty of, of finding like mentorships and people that you can really collaborate on with is constantly changing. And I've been very lucky to find women in general that I'm able to look up to and like learn from and um, and ultimately feel confident about myself and the work that I'm doing um, in the ag sector. So yeah, I have, I have so many, even some I haven't even met before. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, I just, I'm always just trying to like better myself and like, how can I be better for like my team, right. you know, mm-hmm. cause it's not just me there. And so, yeah, I, I really take a lot from like a handful of like maybe fictional women and per, like personal in my life and, you know, professional ones that I have met in the industry. Awesome. Thank you. What are some pieces of advice that you'd like to give uh, to um, to other women that are trying to find their own unique path in this industry, you've really forged your own path and in your in your journey um, within you know your entire career, but also at YCH. And I'm interested to hear if you have any advice for women looking to do the same. Yeah, it's kind of a little hard to answer because you know when I entered, the sector didn't exist right. of what I'm doing. You know, it evolved with the way the craft beer industry was growing. And I think that there's also, you know, some missed opportunities um, that women just don't know about in the agriculture sector. I didn't. I didn't know that this could be something that I could look forward to as doing something in the future with my career. So I think that no matter if you're wanting to get in hops or cherries um, or apples, like if if the ag industry is calling for you, like just go for it because our, especially here in the Valley, I feel like we're still so young in, in ag that things are like created as things grow and you can be part of that growth and you can, during that journey, you can see what, what it is that you like to do. Right. What it is that best, best fits your personality and your work ethic. 
And so, yeah, I mean, if it's calling to you, just do it. And the doors will open, whether if it's not tomorrow, uh, because things do take time as well, is making sure that you, you get your foot in the door and then things can like progress and evolve. And I think that's the beauty of the ag industry, right? You know, there are many positions that just don't exist yet that are just waiting to be opened. Yes. I'm so glad you made that point because there are tons of opportunities. And I Mm -hmm. think with some companies or organizations, sometimes you, they may not have a position like for it. And like, there's opportunities to be like, you need this. Like you need need this. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's people in communic. I think about communication all the time. That's, that's my background. And there's so much opportunity for that. Um, and a lot of, some of it does not require an agriculture background. It requires your skills, your expertise, uh, your personal strengths. There's just happens to be this industry that there's a ton of opportunity within. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I didn't come into the industry looking to be part of the agriculture industry. I was just needing a job, Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, after college. And had I had known that this was something that, that was of, of an option for me, I think I would have taken it. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's funny because when I started at Hop Union, where now Yakima Chief is, that's the only position that existed essentially in the different positions that I've had. After being in that, my first role, every other position I've had didn't exist before. Right, right. And it's just like, it's with timing. It's with, you know, again, like you had said, like maybe just people just don't know either like of these opportunities or positions that need to be held in the office. Because what I learned is when you are operating in businesses, but specifically the ag sector, you're, you're wearing a lot of different hats. Oh yeah. And so as you grow and as you're taking more on and you know, you're mentoring other people, it's like, you got to let some of that go. And so that's when I think a lot of those opportunities open up as well. Yeah. And I, I forgot to discuss about this earlier. You mentioned that you have you have people on your yeah. team that you work with, <laughs> yeah. And um, I kind of, you know, as a leader, what are some what are some things that you try to bring to, to the table as a leader? I my approach to management um, is people over work. Right. You know, um, not that saying that work is important, but I also think it's very important to get to know my team and really make sure that they are seen, they're heard, they feel valued, that they're contributing member of the team. And so I think on my end, I just make it a priority to really get to know them and um, really make sure that they're as successful as they can be. Um, I think that when you have a strong team, everything just goes so much, it just flows so much easier. And so I really invest in that and making sure that I can do whatever I can in my power to make sure that they have the resources and the support for me to make sure that whether it's here at YCH or within YCH, that they're as successful as they can be. That's awesome. I think that's a wonderful leadership style that and I think it's a very, it's reflective in how you talk to people and how you talk about your team that that's you live out that um goal leadership and that that approach yeah i don't want to say to say to other teams but i think i have the best team (laughs) (laughs) her team is listening to this (laughs) Uh, what are some ways that you feel organizations can better recruit and empower female employees in the hop and beer industry well i think when you, it, that's a little bit tough for me too, right? It's like the first thing that comes to mind is like, are people always just going to go to trade shows, yeah. right? I never went to trade shows looking for a job. Um, I think specifically, you know, when we're looking at like beer and, you know, hops, um, you don't really see a lot of the younger generation thinking that the beer that they're drinking could potentially be their future job, right? Right. And I don't know if there's a way of where we can highlight that, um, especially the our, uh, women in the industry. Um, but what I do think that could be of potential is the women that are already in the industry can be advocates for other women joining in. Yeah, you know, we are at the forefront. Um, we're 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 working the job every single day. You know, we have that opportunity to meet different people in our, um, 
in our sector, whether it be growers or brewers um, or even individuals within our own organization, I think it's our responsibility to make sure that we're highlighting that because what better way to, you know, I don't want to say recruit, but inform that there are possibilities in the ag sector that they can see themselves in. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I asked that question because I think about all that you have contributed to YCH and, and also the craft beer community. And it's like, we want to make sure that we're creating an environment that has the potential to um, have the next amazing Victoria Garza, right? Like <laughs> we, we think about all that you've brought to the team and it's been so, so valuable. Um, and we want to make sure that we're not missing out on all the opportunities of what people can bring to our team. And, and that's why we asked that question to kind of get that discussion and that thought um, going in our listeners and any, anyone else of making sure that we're able to find and recruit when we're thinking about future employees that we're looking at the entire field and opportunities of the individuals. Oh yeah. I mean, you said it as well earlier. It's like your position, right? Who would have known that this is something that is so valuable that, you know, I feel like every, um, you know, whether it be hop supplier or if you're, you're selling cherries or apples, like everyone needs that point of communication and, you know, kind of bringing it back into now with, you know, introducing social media Mm -hmm. and like YouTube. And I mean, there, there are things there and, um, you know, you and I have a response that responsibility to like really make sure that, you know, the women in our community or if people are just kind of, you know, just thinking about it, that, that we're able to provide that firsthand experience on that. And, you know, I hope the ag sector in general, you know, the umbrella of it is also gets better ensuring that there are these different little sectors within the ag industry that you can participate in. You don't have to be a grower, you know, you don't have to work directly on a farm to make an impact, you know, within your organization. Yeah. I think it's like, if you see an open position, like at your company and you've got someone in mind, you're like, Oh, I think they should apply, send it, you know, be be an advocate for the Mm -hmm. people in your network or, you know, women in your network. Um, you know, maybe young students who are graduating, you know, you want to build long-term, um, don't be afraid, I think, to like directly reach out to someone and be like, I think you would be great at this, or you should at least apply for experience, get your name in, get, you know, like you said, foot in the door, because you never know what opportunities. You never know where it can take you. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. What are some key takeaways that you have for our listeners that you want to make sure that they walk away from this episode, um, knowing about, uh, you, your contributions, community involvement um, within the craft beer industry? I think the biggest one is it's a lot of hard work to make beer. Yes. Lots of hard work. It's easy as a consumer to not think about what you're getting. You know, you go into the grocery store, you just buy a six pack and you head home and you drink it. But the amount of work that goes into it is, is incredible. Um, I mean, I wish everyone can see like the supply chain, right. Of like the hop industry so that they could see the impact that it makes in going into a beer and just kind of keeping that in the back of your mind, you know, on my end, you know, I'm, I'm an advocate for our farm workers and making sure that, um, that they're highlighted, that people know of the impact that they have in the beer world is that you know it's it's a lot of work and you know appreciating that work and appreciating the people that are doing that work as well yeah absolutely i think that was a great takeaway great point to make and i appreciate all that you've done to bring that to the forefront of of consumers and making this project happen and continuing to advocate um, on behalf of our far- farm workers and our community to make sure that we're all aware of as consumers of beer of all the work that goes into it. Thank you. And it wouldn't be possible without the help of, you know, Yakima Chief really believing in this project. Um, and my partners that are also a part of this project, you know, 
bell breaker, uh, Ronin fermentation, Cervecería de Colima, Cerveza Loba, and South Norte, I think without them and um, we wouldn't have been able to like really bring this um, into the forefront. So I'm very grateful for them and um, grateful that I'm part of this and I feel lucky and I'm honored to oh. be able to to share this with the world. Awesome. Well, thank you, Victoria, for, for joining us on the podcast today. We appreciate you sharing more about your career journey, the value of community involvement, and your work in helping facilitate a project that truly is bigger than beer. Uh, this collaboration and, and your work encompasses the ethos of this podcast, and our, our goal is always to create something larger than the product itself. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you are on board with Bigger Than Beer and have enjoyed listening, please be sure to download episodes, subscribe so you don't miss any episodes, and let us know how we're doing with reviews. We really value your feedback. As we move forward, let's all do our part in living out our goals. Together, let's create something bigger than beer. 